Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, which is designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. This podcast is part four of the series, The Art of Letting Go, by lead pastor Eric Parks. Today's message is titled, Letting Go of Broken Dreams. So my dad said a lot of things to me growing up, but there was one thing I remember um, that has been really an important part of my life, uh, thinking about you know, what happens when your plans fall apart? Like, what do you do when your plans get smashed? He used to say this to me. You say, son, God has always been faithful to me, but that doesn't mean that life goes the way you plan it. That, that, that was his word. And it doesn't take much time on planet Earth for any of us to realize that it isn't, when will my plan get interrupted? Right? It's like, or if it's going to get, it's when will it get interrupted? Not if it's going to get interrupted, but when. When is it going to get interrupted? Um, and, and I think what we learned is that because life doesn't go the way you planned it. Right? Like life just doesn't always go the way we planned it. And yet I think it's so funny with us as humans, we're so surprised by it. Like when, when our plans don't go the way that we want them to go, we're like, wait, wait, how... And you know, you get frustrated with God, but we shouldn't be surprised because like, isn't the Bible just littered with stories of really nice people who had really nice plans, whose lives get absolutely obliterated, right? Like, think about it. Noah did not plan on being a boat builder, right? (laughs) Moses didn't plan on confronting Pharaoh. Esther didn't plan on stopping a genocide. Uh Joseph didn't plan on being betrothed to a teenage bride and Mary didn't plan on being a teenage bride. This is the Bible. In fact, if you think about it, there isn't a single story in the Bible where it starts off with, and then somebody had a really good plan, right? (laughs) That, That isn't how it is. And yet we are so surprised when God interrupts our stories. And this is what God is constantly doing. He is just interrupting perfectly good people Mm -hmm. with perfectly reasonable plans. Mm -hmm. Like this is what he does. So we're in this series, The Art of Letting Go, and we're looking at what, what do we do? What do we do like when God interrupts our plans? Because I've actually found this to be one of the, one of the larger dilemmas in faith. Like we, we feel it. Many of us have felt it. What happens when God interrupts your life and your plan, what, what do we do? Well, I want to hone in on a story that I think will help illuminate what's our response to be in the midst of broken plans. Because I think for most people on planet Earth, none of us are living out of plan A. Not many of us are living out of plan A. We're living on plan B, C, D, E, F. Some of us are down to V, right? Like some of us are way down there. What do we do when he interrupts our plans? Let me pray real quick for you all and all the people at home. God, give us ears to hear this story and help us understand what do we do when you interrupt our plans? Pray this, Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles at home, you can turn to this. Um, It's a story of a kid named Joseph. 
Now, Joseph is found in Genesis, and we're going to pick up in chapter 37. But let me set it up. We know he's a kid because the Bible tells us he's 17 when we find him in Scripture in verse 37. And the Bible also tells us he's a dreamer, which... If you've been around a 17-year-old, that seems pretty normal, right? Like, I remember being 17, sort of. Um, and I remember being somewhat of a dreamer, right? Having plans and new ideas. And I saw it the other day, uh, Graham, who is 17, he's our middle son. He kind of has a little bit of that dreamer, engineer. He, he got tired of playing video games. We've been here in Rockford for the last few weeks. And he's like, I'm going to build a go-kart. And I'm like... I'm like, do you know how to build a go-kart? And he's like, ah, it's all up here. I got it. And I'm like, do you think you should go to YouTube? Because I'm not going to YouTube. I'm going to build a go-kart. And so he set out on a four-day mission to build like one of those drifting go-karts. And I'm not kidding. He built a go-kart. Now, there was a lot of failure along the way, wheels popping off and uh, all kinds of different pieces. He was very reluctant to help. But I'm reminded at 17, being a dreamer is a little normal, right? Like that's the point in our life when it feels like the future is out in front of us and we can do anything, right? We, We dream about our lives and the cities we're gonna live in and the houses we're gonna have and the spouse, and the family, and the thing. So dreaming at 17 is pretty normal. So this is Joseph. He's 17. He's a dreamer. His dad loves him. The Bible tells us like his dad loves him. His dad loves him a little too much, right? Because he loves him so much, like he squeezes him so much that he makes all of his other brothers a little jealous. His dad buys him a coat, which probably wasn't like, because nobody else got a coat. And if you have kids and you get one kid a nice pair of sneakers and you don't give the other kid, it's pretty clear like, well, dad doesn't love me. So he gets this coat. And... um, it tells us in the, in the Bible that the, the brothers just finally get tired of being around him. Yeah. They're tired of being around him. He dreams too much and dad likes him too much. And they do what, you know, we all can get jealous. And in, in, in Genesis 37, 19, the brothers say, here comes the dreamer. They said, you know what? We need to get rid of this kid. Now, I look at this on the service and I'm like, look, I watch my two sons and I get they want to kill each other sometimes, but these dudes were serious. They're like, no, we should really kill him. I'm like, that's your, that's your, bro, that's your brother. That's your brother. They're like, well, we're going to kill him. And, and then, so like, they were like, we're tired of him dreaming and he takes all the attention and dad doesn't give us nice coats. So we need to kill him. And uh, one of the brothers is like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't kill him. Maybe we should just throw him in a big jar, which He's your brother. He's like, don't throw him in a jar either. That's not like reasonable. Um, But it says in in verse 25, they sat down to eat their meal. They looked up and they saw this caravan. They throw him in this cistern. So they're like, let's throw him in there and figure out what we're going to do with him. Because we're just tired of him. And the brothers are sitting around eating a meal and they see this caravan coming by. And uh, Bible tells us it's Ishmaelites and they're coming from Gilead. And he said, look, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him. They'll be done with him because he's a pain. We're tired of him. And so they do. They sell him into slavery. Now, the temptation with Bible stories is we don't stop for a minute and internalize this was a kid, a real human being. He was 17. His brothers sold him into slavery. 
bro, that's like, that's nuts. They slip, and I, I picture this 17 year old kid being tied up, chained, and leaving his home. And in that moment, he's going, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just went from favored son to slave. Favored son to slave. You ever had one of those moments? You ever had a moment when it happens and life was going just awesome? The way you hoped it would go, everything is lining up just right. And then one day and you go, how did I go from favored son to slave? How'd that happen? You got sick, you lose your partner, you lose your job, you get divorced, I don't know. And it's funny because in those moments, sometimes me as a well-meaning pastor or us as well-meaning Christians will bring verses back to people who've gone from favorite son to slave and we'll go, well, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, yeah, plans yeah. to prosper me. And you go, no, <laughs> no. I just got sold into slavery. <laughs> Don't tell me you got a plan for me. Don't tell me. And here's what's tough about this verse is at the center of what this verse says is that that slavery, was God behind that? Was God in this interruption? What's that all about? So Joseph does what we do. His plan gets blown up, plan A is done, and he quickly shifts to plan B. Now he's a slave. He gets taken to Egypt, and um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's pride, maybe it's, it's what you got. You just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He just goes for it, and he's like, well, this is what I got. So he starts working, and it says in chapter 39 of Genesis, verse one, now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. Potiphar, this Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, he was captain of the guard. He buys him from the Ishmaelites. He takes him into his home. And then Joseph just crushes it. Like he starts making like this bad situation pretty unreal. Like the Bible's saying he's working hard. He's doing it all. He's getting it all back. He's even working out. Because the Bible says like in verse six, now Joseph was well built and handsome. I mean, he's doing it all, you know. That doesn't mean I'm gonna start working out, but he was doing it all, right? He was working out, he was making it happen. He was getting all that he lost back. Wow. Says in, in, in the Bible, it says, but after a while, the master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, hey, I want you, I want you to come here with me. And Joseph refuses. Now, we've seen plenty of people attain success and fold to temptation. But Joseph doesn't. He doesn't. Like, he gets sold into slavery. He regains his life. And when temptation comes, he refuses it. And this is the moment of the story when all the blessings should come, right? Because that's what we expect. We expect that if I'm gonna do right, God's going to bring the next thing is blessing, right? Isn't that what it, isn't that, it's like right now, right now, 
And so when what happens next happens, you're right back to where you were when you were thrown in a cistern because he doesn't get blessing. In fact, that woman doesn't tell the truth. Potiphar comes home and throws Joseph into prison. He was put in a cistern, almost killed. They took his really nice coat from him. They sold him into slavery. Now he's getting thrown into prison. I mean, at what point do you go enough's enough? Haven't you been in life? Has there ever been a moment where you're like, enough's enough? I'm doing right. I'm going to church. I'm trying to listen to God. I'm trying to rebuild my life. Why, why am I getting thrown into prison? Yeah, yeah. And I think when I think about moments like these, obviously being thrown into prison, that's challenging, but I think about it in terms of like our lives. And I think one of the reasons why God interrupting our plans is so difficult for us is that so often it feels like when a plan gets blown up, when you have a plan for your life and it gets blown up, it almost feels like you lose con- uh, an element of control in your life, right? It feels a little bit like I feel really out of control. And one thing that us humans, we don't deal well with is lack of control. Like we want to, and some of us, we got, some of you, you got more control issues than others. Do not look at your partner right now in your house. <laughs> But some of us, it's even worse for some of us than others. This lack of control. And when our plans get completely blown up, we, 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 have, these, we have these moments where we struggle because we're like, I don't feel like I'm in control of anything. Like, how am I going to do this? And sometimes it's that sense of lack of control that actually pushes us into some really unhealthy behavior. Because when we feel a lack of control, sometimes we'll do anything to find something we can control, right? Right? Something we can. And we begin to close our ears to the God we feel like, hey, wait a minute, you're not going to let me be in control. A lot of us, man, when you have some plans blown up, you're like, I'm not singing Carrie Underwood's song. I want Jesus taking the wheel. I'd like to have my own wheel, my own car. I like to go where I want to go. I'm really not interested, right? Like, we, we, we want control back. Yeah. And I think that's because we fail to recognize that, um, one, control of outcomes is, it's a fool's errand. It just is, right? It just, it just is. Like, there's so many variables in our life, in our world, even if you're not a follower of Jesus. Man, controlling outcomes is a real hard thing to do. So Joseph's in the same boat. He's now had two plans blown up, and he's sitting in a prison, and he has a choice. Will I do whatever I can to take back whatever, whatever, what little control I have, or will I stay down the path of listening to a God that, doesn't seem to be paying much attention. That's what it feels like to him. I, I, I don't know how it wouldn't. I got to thinking about his situation and it dawned on me, you know, we do have control when our plans are interrupted. Not, not on outcomes, 
But we actually do have control of some things. Mm -hmm. And Joseph illustrates that we have control on how we spend our days. You say, well, did he? Well, yeah, I mean, he had control on how he spent his day in that cell. We have control on how we spend our time. We have control on how we react to a situation. We have control on what we'll choose to listen to. We have control on the things that we will say. We have control of whether we'll spend time listening to God or not. There's actually a whole lot of things we have control of, not an outcome, maybe not even the plan, but there's plenty of things we can control. And in Joseph, he chooses to keep listening. Like that is a choice of control. I'm not gonna ignore God, I'm gonna listen. Now listen, I just wanna affirm how challenging it is when our plans get blown up. I was thinking about how many different plans, big plans for my life have changed. And I've realized one of the things that I struggle with so much is that when God begins to institute a new plan in my life, I am not often at the center of it. Now think about that for a second. Think about it for a second. What are your plans? Who are they about? They're about you, right? Right. You're not making plans for anybody else. Maybe your kids every now and again. But isn't it true, like when you make plans, they're for your life. The things that you want, they're for you. And I'm not necessarily being critical of that. I'm just saying when God begins to institute a plan, like a God-sized plan in our life, we oftentimes aren't at the center of it. We just aren't. And that's a challenge because my plan has always been with me at the center of it. I don't know if I don't like not being at the center of it. That's a challenge of control. The second thing that gets challenging when our plans get blown up is yeah. God is often leaving out all the details, yeah. Yeah. right? He just doesn't say. He's like, okay, I'm gonna blow up your plan, Joseph, and put you in a cistern, and then I'm gonna put you in a prison. The next step is Joseph going, I'm listening. Now, what are you gonna do next? And God is just silent. <laughs> He's like, I'm in prison. What you gonna do? God doesn't say anything. God does this all the time. Yeah. God's always leaving out details. You know why, right? Because you'll screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. He doesn't let you in on the details because this is what we do. Oh, 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 I got it. 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 And then, you know, you end up, yeah, you're just off in a ditch somewhere. And God's like, well, I was going to, I've got to get involved down here anyway. I might as well save you from wrecking your own car. Yeah. He leaves out details. For two years, Joseph sits in that prison. That's a lot of days. On day 300, how do you think he felt? Felt like a fool? What about day 400? What about day 500? Right? You get to day 500 and you're like, this is, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm being in prison the rest of my life. You know, I know this about God. God had a plan in Joseph's life. Yeah. In that moment, it didn't feel like he did. In those moments, it's really hard to believe Ephesians 2.10 that we're his masterpiece, right? It's hard to believe it. When God begins to reorient his plans and I'm taken out of the center of it, it can be a real challenge. But I love the way Rick Warren says this because it's a, it's a reminder to me that if my plans are being interrupted, 
probably okay. He says this. He says, the purpose of your life Mm -hmm. is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. Now listen about that. Joseph had wild dreams and ambitions. And in that prison cell, God's saying, listen to me, trust me. My plan is greater than your wildest dream and ambition. My God. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. Mm -hmm. You were born by his purpose for his purpose. That's why I trust this verse. I know the plans I have for you, right? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Joseph, you're in prison. He's saying, Joseph, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, even though you can't see it, even though you don't know the details, even though it feels like you're not at the center of this plan. Joseph wakes up one day two years in and a guard standing at his cell because Pharaoh gets this dream that he can't get out of his head Mm -hmm. and there's this cupbearer that he didn't like at one point had thrown him in prison and he was like a cellmate with Joseph and he was like, oh, this kid in prison, he he knows about dreams, he talks to God. So Pharaoh must really want to know what this, what this dream means because he brings a kid out of prison, a kid that's been down there for two years, probably doesn't smell good, probably doesn't look good, brings him up into the court and says, all right, here's the dream that I have. And because Joseph has been connected to God in this process, he hears the dream and he goes, let me tell you what that means. Famine's coming. Pharaoh decides to put Joseph in charge of this whole disaster relief program. Joseph, the kid from prison, right? And fast forward, his family, the brothers who sold him out, mom and dad, they're starving. And they end up in front of someone they have no idea it's Joseph. They didn't know he's alive. And in that moment, it dawned on me, Joseph, if you don't get thrown in that cistern, would you have died with your family? Joseph, if you don't get thrown in that cistern, would this have ever happened? You could have kept your golden coat, but you would have not been able to save your family. See, this is what God is up to. And so often we can't see what he's doing. Listen, you don't see it. You can't feel it. It doesn't smell good to you it doesn't look good to you and yet he's working he's working and is it easy no it is not easy to die to our plans and release ourselves fully to his that isn't easy It's not easy, even though we know, man, I might be on the other side being able to save, be the hero of the day in the middle of the journey. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But if we can wrap our minds around this truth that he does have a plan for you and he will prosper you, even if everything around you doesn't say so right now, 
and trust in the reality that God is in the middle of interrupting something to take my little plan and my little life and put it into a place so that I can make his name known part of his big plan, it's a game changer. And isn't that what you want? A life that sits in the middle of this master plan of God? You may not know the details. And we may feel like, man, I'm about to give up, but I say do not lose hope. For God, he has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. Believe it. Let's pray. God, in the midst of so much tumult and change, So many of us are feeling insecure. Our plans have been destroyed. Some of us just in the last few months. Help this reality sink in. That even though we don't see your hand, you are moving. Even when we don't know your plan, you are up to something in the lives of those whom you have saved and call your own. Help us believe it. Trust it, release it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Letting Go of Broken Dreams with Eric Parks, lead pastor of Heartland Community Church. You can experience the entire service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or on YouTube at Heartland CC Rockford or you can watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.